Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 38-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. Learn from extraordinary leaders and get a behind-the-scenes look at what it truly takes to become a network marketing hero. On this week's episode... I got passionate about personal development because I knew I needed that to change my way of thinking. I had a paradigm about money. I had a paradigm about, you know, business. I had a paradigm about a lot of things because in my family, we never had a lot of that success in money. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's tools at blissbusiness.com. Uh, what we call a four-year career, and that's based on the book I wrote called The Four-Year Career, which basically suggests that if you personally sponsor enough people in the first couple of years in a great company, and then you fan the fire on those people, and I'm talking about like 50 to 100 people in your first couple of years personally sponsored, and then you fan the fire on those people with leadership and coaching and inspiration and training, you have the opportunity to take advantage of the eighth wonder of the world, which is compounding or geometric progressions, and support those people in doing what you did so that you take advantage of compounding and geometric progressions and you grow a sales organization into the hundreds and sometimes the thousands such that you earn a residual or asset income, which if you got really good products and a really good company, could last you a lifetime. And I have to say up front that, of course, when we interview heroes, the definition of a hero is it is somebody that has done something that hardly anybody else does. So by nature of these calls, our disclaimer is, these are not one in a million, but they are certainly one in thousands of people that are pursuing financial freedom and network marketing. The people that we interview on the Hero Call are exceptional, absolutely exceptional. And we don't feature super exceptional people with the expectation that it will inspire all of you listening to go do what they've done. That's not the point of the hero call. The point of the hero call is to listen to these fascinating stories. Listen to these one out of thousands of people. And instead of doubting that you can do what you want to do, learn to believe that whatever it is you want to accomplish here, you can probably do it. I mean, if somebody can... Um, uh, like Ricardo, can spend three years in a business and already have thousands of active people on his team, if he can do that in three years, and when you hear his background and you hear his story, what you're going to know is your story, your excuses, your circumstances, your challenges, they don't even register on the radar compared to what Ricardo has gone through. And then you look at what he's done, and the point here is not to insinuate that you can get in and three years from now you'll have thousands of people on your team, but to insinuate that 
whatever it is you want to accomplish. Here's somebody that has done probably what you want to accomplish and much more. And so you can simply ask the question, if Ricardo can do it, can you do it? And, of course, we could answer that by saying yes, but the only person that matters in answering that question is you. So if Ricardo can do it, the question we put to you is, can you do it? And you get to answer that after the call. So, Ricardo, welcome to the Bliss Business Hero Call. I want to make sure you are still out there. I am, Richard. Thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure and it's an honor to be here. Yeah, well, I'm very, very excited to have you tell this listening audience your story. And I'm going to dive right into it because, I mean, you obviously have a great story about what you've built in network marketing, but I, but I think the, the greatest story you have is what you had to overcome to even get in a position to look at network marketing. And I really want to do a deep dive on that and have people understand your history, your childhood, your family, where you grew up, how you got to the United States, and um, have a grand appreciation for, hey, if this guy can do what he did, I can do what I want to do. So let's start at the beginning, Ricardo. Where did you grow up? And tell us a little bit about your family and your childhood. Yeah, of course. Well, I grew up in Puerto Rico, and I grew up in Rio Piedras, Puerto Rico. It's a, it's a city that is a little bit um, challenging to grow up and have a really positive mentality. <laughs> like I said, um, um it was really a struggle when I was growing up and keeping my mind focused and playing a lot of sports because I was playing baseball. I was uh, doing track and field. I was doing a lot of stuff that my mom put me there because she understand that if 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 I focus my mind on sports, I was not gonna look the other way. That it was one of the both sides. It was just going to that bad situation with bad influence people or going to sports. So she kept me pretty busy in the early ages in sports, and I played um, a lot of baseball. In Puerto Rico, baseball is super big. My grandfather was a fan. So, so I played a lot of baseball until uh, 17. When I got to 17, I had a really nice um, um, offer to play with the minor leagues and the Yankees. And, and and by that time, my grandfather and everybody in my family thought, oh, my God, we have somebody here who's going to go to the big leagues, and is this going to be big for the family and all this? And, and three months later, I got injured playing volleyball, <clears throat> and, and, and my career was over. I had to wow. turn in some of the contracts, some of the money that, I, that they gave me because I got injured in another sport. Uh, I got... My grandfather didn't want to talk to me. He was since six years old training me until this day, and 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 I messed it up and 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 nothing. And then um, I got in a really big depression because I didn't know what to do. I was like, you know, I played baseball all my life, and here I am. Um, I'm not, I cannot play baseball no more. I have to go get a job. And and after that, eight months later, my dad, that he was my hero, he he, he died in a car accident. So all these things happened to me at the same time. I was really, really not thinking right. I was in depression. I, was, I didn't know what to do. 
Um, and, and I got with really bad influence people around me, and 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 we were not doing things the the, the right way. Uh, and, and and my mom trying to get me out of all this mess and and what I was doing because I was depressed and and, and all that and and I got in trouble with the law. I got in trouble with the law and and it was a big mess that I got into it and and it was five years in prison. All right. So my one of my questions is, uh, are you open to telling people more about what your dad did for a living and how? He passed. Um, yeah, of course. My dad spent twenty twenty years of his life. Um, you know, it, he did other stuff. But twenty years of his life, he was a captain of the DEA. He was a drug informant officer in Puerto Rico. So he see, he was he was working undercover with, you know, getting people out of the streets and stuff that you know. And is that um, how he died? And and he died in a car accident because it was a chasing and 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 and, and he died in a car accident. Yeah. Yep. All right, so, and that led that led to you being obviously uh, despondent and depressed and kind of went off the rails. You end up in trouble. You end up in prison in Puerto Rico for five years. That sounds kind of scary. Yeah, and it is scary. People don't understand what I went through. Sometimes I had to go to bed at 5 o'clock p.m. because I wanted it to sleep fast and wake up because the only decent meal in prison was the breakfast. So sometimes I have to skip that lunch and that dinner because the food was horrible. So I was crying sometimes, holding my stomach, crying because I was hungry. So I went to bed early so I could wake up early and, 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 and all this pass away and, and I could eat something in the morning. And, and, and not only that, I got in one of the biggest riots of the history in, 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 in prison in Puerto Rico, and that was the most horrific thing that, you know, a human being can, can, can live. It, it was really horrible that, that riot and 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 i went through it 23 days without you know just eating a, a piece of bread and water in the morning a piece of bread and water in the at noon and a piece of broader bread and water at, at night to eat that's all they gave you for 22 days with no water and you know we have to do some crazy stuff in that cell to just survive all this and and sacrifice the lunch Water and bread to get the 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 vent from the AC of the of the cell. Um, um, we water the the bread and we put it in the in the vent so the air conditioner won't freeze us because we didn't have nothing. We didn't have wow. We just slept on the floor and we didn't have nothing. So it was it was really really bad and 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 you know those five years was just going back and forward to me just thinking about what I'm going to do when I get out of here or I All need right. to change my life. Yeah. Like okay. That. So you get out of, you get out of prison and you come to Mesquite, Texas. How is it that you got out of prison and then came to Mesquite? Just touch well, on I, that. I got out of prison after five years and eight months because I was doing some be good behavior and, and I got to Texas and, and as soon as I got to Texas, I loved it. I, I, it was 
so kind of different mentality people. It was so kind of nice people in Texas. And I and I tell to myself and to my mom, you know, my life has to be a different life. And I, I, I read a lot of books in there, and I, and I started getting a lot of positive vibe around I said, my life is going to change. The third day I was in Texas, I didn't even know English. But the third day I got to Texas, I found a job in a dealership. So I was, like, really happy about that. After that, I went to Lowe's. And Lowe's is, is like a Home Depot environment. And I started working there just stacking, you know, stocking in the store. And then they put me really fast to a supervisor position in that area. And, and then five areas and then eight areas and then finally they gave me a store. But in that meanwhile, I was learning English, right? To get to that position, I was learning English just watching the news and with closed caption. And like in the news, they talk properly English. My English is not perfect. I know that, Robert. <laughs> it's, not, it's not perfect, but... So, folks, he got to Mesquite, Mesquite, Texas. He didn't speak English. Within three days, he had a job at a dealership. He went from that job to Lowe's, Lowe's, uh, like hardware, like Home Depot, and he was stocking shelves at a Lowe's and didn't speak English, but he learned English by watching the news and watching the closed caption. So matching the, the Spanish closed caption on the bottom to the news, that's how he learned English proper English, not slang, and he ended up opening five stores and then eight stores, and then they ended up, Lowe's ended up giving him his own store. That's what he did from 2000 until 2011. That's a remarkable immigration story, Ricardo. So let's fast forward to you had another tragic event while you were here in the United States, right before you got into network marketing, what happened there? Well, I was in the store. I had a lot of success in the store and everything. And one morning, um, my sister called me that my brother, he was going to work in his motorcycle, and somebody ran the red light and killed him instantly. And, you know, he was really young. He had 29 years old. He had three be- he have three beautiful daughters. Um, he was really close to me, so I called the store and I tell them that you know this happened. I had to be in the store at three p.m. and and they told me that that was not their problem that I needed to be there. And that was wow. like a wake call for me. You know, I did all this thing. You know, I took this store from a um, hundred thousand dollars a month to ten point eight million dollars, and and and. And, you know, that's what I thought about that time. I was just an employee. I'm like, I'm going to be an employee the rest of my life if I stay here. So I think about what I need to do. I need to do something different. And my friend told me about network marketing, but I thought that was one of those things that you never make money out of it, you know. I didn't didn't knew somebody successful because I was ignorant. I never got into it. So I never knew that somebody has success in network marketing. So I thought that was a waste of time. So I told him a lot of times no, but this time I said, you know what, I need to go and see something else because I need to change what I'm doing right now. And that's when I went to my first presentation. Yeah, so I want to stop there for a second, Ricardo, because I want people to pay attention to these defining moments. Um, 
people that have heard my story have heard me say that uh, four years into my chicken cutting career, Foster Farms, my employer, came out with a policy that said you couldn't advance in management any further than I already was unless you had a four-year college degree. I didn't have any college at all. If, if Foster Farms had not come out with that policy, I can pretty much promise you I would have retired from Foster Farms two years ago, and that was 40 years ago. I would still be there. And so I wonder where you would be, Ricardo, had Lowe's given you the bereavement time that you asked for. Just notice these defining moments that have people take a look. And why this is relevant is we're talking to people every day, and we tend to focus on the people who say yes, and we tend to forget about the people who say no. But if you, let's say, for example, you talk to, um, you know, five people a day over a year, that's over 1,500 people you've talked to. You're probably only getting 100 to 150 of those to even look at a presentation. You've got 12 or 1,300 people that have said no. Here's what I can promise you about those 12 or 1,300 people. Something's going to happen in the next year that's going to change the way they look at your opportunity. It's going to change it from them having the attitude like Ricardo did, oh, that's just one of those things that people work really hard and don't make any money. And in my case, I didn't have an opinion at all about network marketing. I'd never even heard of the concept before. All I knew was I wasn't interested in anything if it wasn't Foster Farms. So it wouldn't matter what you offered me. I wasn't looking at it because I was only interested in my career at Foster Farms. But then, boom, one thing happens. And it can be sometimes the most insignificant thing, but it changes people's perspective. It changes their priority. It's a wake-up call for them. So the lesson is, all those people that tell you no, you need to stay in touch with them. You need, you need to not position them as haters or stupid or, you know, they, they don't know what they're doing because they're not getting involved with you in network marketing. You need to keep a strong relationship with them and stay in touch with them because I promise you life's going to change for them. And if you don't have a relationship with them, they're going to have a relationship with somebody. Somebody's going to get them in something else. So... Tell us, Ricardo, about your personal development transformation. I was interested in your story that I read about how you dove in to personal development, getting rid of your TV, and just immersing yourself. I'm curious, what were the things that you listened to? Who were your favorite authors, and how did they change your thinking? Well, one of the actions that brought to me to this was <laughs> his action and his talking was just contagious to me. So I started to listen to Sig Sigler and to Jim Rome and to Anthony Robbins and, of course, John C. Natural because I started listening from him when I was in Lowe's. And, 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 and it caught my attention and, and, and 
I needed more of it. I got like hooked up. Like like when 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 somebody um um say you know they're passionate about something. I got passionate about personal development because I knew I needed that to change my way of thinking. I had a paradigm about money. I had a paradigm about you know business. I had a paradigm about a lot of things because. In my family, we never had a lot of that success in money. So, uh, you know, they say, hey, you're not going to sweep money. So my thing was, oh, it's hard to make money. So I knew I had to change that mentality to get to another level. So I started doing all this personal development. And seven years ago, when when, when, when I started growing in lows, I, I, tell, I told myself that I needed to get submerged in personal development. So I took all the TVs in the house and took them away. And I started listening to audios in my car, just going to work and coming back. And I started reading a lot of books. And I started um, looking at a lot of videos. And I started buying a lot of stuff, um, courses and stuff like that, personal development. And I saw that I was growing. That's what took me to another level. And I saw it was growing, so I saw it was working. So I got more emerged on, on, on personal development. And, and, and when I got to, to network marketing, I, the only thing I had to change was something that John C. Maxwell always said, that leadership and, and management is two different things. And that was the thing that I needed to change my mind from, from going from a management position to a leadership position. And that was a little bit hard for me in the beginning to understand, but I got it done because the the first company that I was with, I didn't have a lot of success because I was managing people instead of leading them or, or instead of creating leaders. So um, um, I, I started doing that um, in, in my company that I am right now, and I started noticing the difference. But I didn't have a lot of success in my first company, but I was learning a lot. I was preparing for this moment. Right. So tell us some of the distinctions that you've learned, the difference between managing people. So I think, you know, like I just want to paint the picture for people. Let's say you have, you know, three people on your team or you have 13 people on your team or you have 30 people on your team or, or maybe even 300, but maybe, you know, most of the people listening to this call probably have somewhere between 13 and 30 people on their team. So what is the difference, Ricardo, between managing 30 people and leading 30 people? What do you do differently? What I did differently is that I understand that managing people uh, is giving a system to somebody and he follows that system and that's it. Um, leading people is giving a system to follow, but they can create their own if that system is not working. So I, I understand that managers just follow system and leaders create systems. And leaders yeah. can, go, can go from do, having nothing in their hands and saying, you know what, I could create a system that is going to work for my team and duplicate and do it. So I was teaching them, teaching them in three simple steps. I was telling them, look, the first thing we have to do is learn, and then we have to teach, and then we have to teach how to teach. And if you follow those three simple steps, you're going to create duplication because in network marketing, I understand that it's not what it works, it's what duplicates is going to get you some money. So I started talking to them, 
And how can they follow those three simple steps to duplicate a team? Learn, teach, and teach how to teach. And that's how I did it with the team, making a simple, simple steps. Not, nothing complicated. I didn't want them to understand compensation plans and points and this and percentage and nothing, none of that. I just wanted, I wanted them, them to just learn how to do three simple steps that they could go from zero to some money, right? Because if I could get them a check, I know they will uh, uh, start believing in the business and in the company. Right. So let me ask you this, Ricardo. If you have 30 people on your team and what you want to get those 30 people to do is start – talking to people, start inviting, and start enrolling new team members, what's the best leadership move you can make to get those 30 people into action? And this is what I tell – and, Richard, this is the system that I use. I don't know if it's the best one, right? <laughs> this is the one that I use. But I told them, do not talk to nobody. And, and I know it's crazy because I know everybody tell everybody, just go out there and talk to the world. But I didn't want them to do that because they didn't know what to talk to them. So, <laughs> I'll, you know, and, and they were just going to kill prospects because they probably said something that it was not correct. So what I teach them to do is, and I may, I'm making right now money, and I made a lot of money just saying I do not know. And, 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 and I know this is weird and this is crazy, but this is the word that I use to everybody and I tell everybody to say, you know what? Hey, what are you doing? I don't know, but I have to show you a, a pre-recorded call that I have. It's six minutes. Listen to it. I'll call you in two hours. You see, and they ask me, hey, uh, 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 can I get some money of what you're doing? I said, I don't know but I have this video that I want you to watch. It's just seven minutes, and I call you in two hours or three hours, a six or a seven, and I give him two options to call them. So I always take myself out of the equation, out of the message, and be the messenger for them, and that's what I tell them to do because like that, if I have somebody that never had a, a, a network marketing history or know how to do it or have no experience, or people don't know how to sell, or people don't know how to talk to people, it was going to be easy for everybody to do because they say, you know what, I don't know, but I got these testimonies I want you to read. I don't know, I got this video. I don't know, I got this website. I don't know, I got this vid this, this magazine. Just read it, and I'll talk to you in two hours. And after they do <laughs> that, they, they connect me or they connect the expert, the upline expert, to them in the phone just going through the questions that they have after they saw something. That's, that's what yeah. exactly I did. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's really, really good. I love that. I can imagine asking you anything. So, Ricardo, what's in the product? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm going to give you a video. <laughs> hey, hey, Ricardo, how much money can I make? I don't know, but I'm going to show you a website that you're going to see the contract. <laughs> <laughs> That's just beautiful. I love that. That's just beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. To say that, and and they made it so simple because when when I said when I told them that they were like, oh my god, I could do that, and, and that's what I wanted to hear, Richard. I wanted to hear, oh my god, I, I've never done this, but but I could do that. 
and, 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 and that was magic words for me when I started hearing people saying, you know what, I could do that. And, and, and I, I just created that system for them so they could just have something else to show and not them telling people what, what, what was in the product or what was in, in nothing else. Right. That's great. Be the messenger, not the message. All right. Well, let's talk about your build. So you've been with Lavelle for two years, and um, Lavelle was not your first company, but you already covered the conversation about how you got in your first company. Yeah. So uh, tell us about your, your, your build in Lavelle. So your numbers are, I'm, I'm a statistician when it comes to building. You've been in Lavelle two years, and one of the That's questions right. I ask you is, how many people did you personally sponsor in your first 90 days, three months, and that's 20 people. So that's seven people a month for yes. three months in a row, which is a fantastic pace. And you want to give any people any tips on how you did that, uh, who you approached, what you said to them, any tips on how to get 20 people in your first 90 days? Yeah, what I did, I got aggressive on not getting um, the masses, but getting quality of people. And, 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 and that's something I teach a lot because I always tell them, it's not how many you get, it's how many good ones you get. <laughs> and, and, and for that, I started building, like, the list of successful people in network marketing you know, richer, you know, with all these people successful, what they do, what they talk, how they act, how they, you know, present themselves, what they do, what their, you know, daily activities or stuff like that that they do or they read and stuff like that. So I started looking for people that way. Uh, um, and I went out there and I started looking for professionals that looked that way that wanted something different or wanted something to feel great or so, stuff like that. And, 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 and I went really aggressive to them, Richard. I, I really didn't want to go around the bushes trying to fake, you know, this is not network marketing. Or I went really straightforward to them and tell them, you know what, are you open to see something else? Are you have a plan B for your financial? I, I, I'm building something new here in Spanish. I know we don't have nothing in Spanish in the website because 100% almost of my team is Spanish. I know I, I don't have a lot of things in Spanish here, but look at them. They're happy, so something is going on. So I, I started building that way, um, going aggressive with people and having my certain thing higher than them. I was so secure, I was so confident of what I have that when I look at them with their eyes and I went really high and, and really confident of what I have, it was almost impossible for them to say, you know what, no. So uh, I always put myself in a, in, a, in a position when I'm talking to somebody that what I have is a lot better than what you have. And my, my confidence has to be really high to do that, and that's what I did. Beautiful. Okay, so in your first year, you personally sponsored 80 people. That's, uh, that is a lot of people. How did, you, um, how did you work with those people? How did you support 80 people? How did you train 80 people? How did you communicate 
with that many people who were just getting started in their first year. Yeah, and I did it with conference call like this one, and I had a lot of recorded calls too. So what I did, instead of talking to one or two and having 20 minutes with one, 20 minutes with the other one, I compressed time with people. So I started telling people, just let's do this. Let's, let's connect to a conference call and every morning have at least two people in that conference call, two to three people. Instead of me spending 20 minutes giving the comp plan to one, at least I have 10 people giving the comp plan in 20 minutes and I compress time and, and people in one call. And, and, that, and that was really, really big for me, doing calls every single day at 8 a.m., every day, 8 a.m., and they started connecting every day. I was sick sometimes. I was tired sometimes. I don't care. I was in the call Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. in that call, giving, the comp, giving everything, the, 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 the whole presentation in 20 minutes, no more than 20 minutes. And then Saturday, I did a training call for the prospect, the new prospect, the new promoters on Friday, on Saturday at 11 a.m. So I, I started that call, and since they knew it was a call every day, and it was me, <laughs> Richard, it was just me giving the call all the time until they got developed, you know, they got to how, how, how to do the call, and they start doing it. But it was me almost a whole year doing it, and that's how I got everybody Engage in the call and engage in the in that um, training on Saturdays. That's awesome. That's uh, you know that's really great commitment, Ricardo. It reminds me of how Eric Worre created his following, such that he can hold an event now and twenty thousand people show up. Eric did a video, two or three minute video every day for 18 months. Wow. Never missed a day. Every day for 18 months. And he declared up front that he was going to do this. He said, I'm going to do a video every day for 18 months. I'm going to build a following. And I, I marveled at, you know, three months would go by, six months would go by. And without fail, every day, Eric is doing a video and... So that's really a remarkable high-level commitment strategy that you use there. I'm curious, Ricardo, is anybody on your team duplicating that at other levels where they're doing it for their teams? Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was the culture. The culture was, you know what, let's do a call every single day, every single day. Even that it was in the beginning three or four people, it don't matter. You know, we did the call. It was two people. It didn't matter. We did the call every single day, and a lot of people started duplicating that. Right now, there's a lot of people doing Zooms every day, right? Because now they're right. a little bit more advanced with Zooms. <laughs> so now they're doing Zooms every day a certain hour, and they're connecting the people, and they're committing to doing that. That's how we built the team in Mexico, doing Zooms every day. And, and, and that's why that's why uh, it's... it's, it's creating all this duplication. Yeah, beautiful. So, folks, he's only been at it two years, but just want to give you some, some final stats so you know what that can create. He's got over 1,500 active distributors on his team, which probably means there's something like 15,000 total. 1,500 active would be normal. 
but they're very productive, active people. Ricardo's business is $2 million a month. That's $24 million a year in sales, which Ricardo, I always like to sort of equate uh, top sales leaders in their business with companies in the industry. There's over 800 U.S.-based network marketing companies. Lavelle would be in the top 50 in terms of annual sales. At $24 million a year, you would be in the top 200. And yeah. I'm talking about actual network marketing companies. So if you were a network marketing company at your $24 million a year, you'd be in the top 200. It's really a remarkable experience, and as you know, and anybody who understands geometric progressions knows, you're just getting started. I mean, yeah. for me to interview you two or three years from now, I mean, you could easily have 50,000 active people on your team, providing that your team keeps doing what you did. And that's the, you know, that's the beautiful part, is you put down... You laid down this remarkable commitment of this daily call, and they're doing the same thing. And as long as you keep duplicating that where, you know, people say, well, why would you do that? How do, why does that work? Well, because if you look at it, folks, most people in the network marketing industry, they think about doing a weekly meeting. Like once a week, they get everybody together, whether it's on a conference call or live. And... Most people think about doing a weekly meeting, but most people don't even do a weekly meeting. Most people, their approach to a weekly meeting is, I'm going to do it as long as people show up, or I'm going to do it as long as I feel like it, or I'm going to do it as long as I'm fun. it's fun. Imagine if you did a weekly meeting every day. You accelerate and you compress the activity and the momentum 700% by going from a weekly meeting to a daily meeting. It's a brilliant strategy for somebody that has the commitment to do the daily call like you did, Ricardo, regardless of how many people show up. It's just you and one other people. You do the presentation. 20 minutes later, you say, we'll see you tomorrow. And maybe you get four tomorrow, maybe you get 40 tomorrow. So let me transition and ask you a couple other questions. Um, and I want to focus on the last two years in network marketing. What is the biggest mistake that you've made in the last two years? And maybe you did it once, Ricardo. Maybe it was a bad habit. And it's not, I'm not necessarily looking for a volume or recruiting mistake, but maybe it was a mistake around your family or your health or your finances, or your, your personal integrity, your reputation. Or maybe it was just a strategic mistake in building a business. What's the biggest mistake you made in the last two years? The biggest mistake is reacting instead of responding. And that was really big for me. I don't know. I think it was my ego interfering in, in what I was doing. So even that I had people in my team sometimes do not um, 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 agree of what I was doing or saying, instead of responding to them, I was reacting to them. 
And, and, and that was something I, I realized because it didn't happen once with one person. So when it happened with a couple of persons, I had to stop and say, wait, if it's not just one person, it has to be me. The, you know, the problem has to be me. So I was reacting to them in the beginning. If they put something in Facebook that it was not correct, instead of responding, I was reacting to them really fast. Or if they said like something how? bad. Like how? Yeah, like now, like reacting to them. Um, um, and, and, and I didn't want, and, and, and probably I was hurting their feelings, but I thought it was leadership. I thought it was management. You know, you have to tell them not to do that. And, and I caught myself a, a couple of times doing that. And, and then I started thinking, okay, I have to respond. I have to think what I'm going to say. I have to be calm. I have to talk to them in a different way. I have to understand where they're coming from. And, and, and that, and, and I have to start caring a lot more about them. Because I was like, you could do more. You could do more. But I was not saying it in the right way. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I knew they had the potential to be big, but I was not saying the right words. And, and and that cost me a lot of stuff because my I, I'm really passionate. And I have to be careful with my passion confusing people about being rude or he's coming too strong to me. And, and, and that's one of the biggest mistakes I did. And now I, I, you know, I'm catching myself every time I'm going to that reaction instead of responding to people. That's really profound. Uh, some people speak to it in terms of, like, pressure. So when we talk yeah. to somebody, whether it's on the phone or personally, how much pressure are we exerting? And sometimes, like in homeopathy, homeopathy it's not the amount of medicine. It's, it's sometimes the lightest touch gets people to move, and the harder touch doesn't get them to move. They just dig in, or like I think you experienced, they resented. So yeah. that's really great stuff, Ricardo. What's the smartest thing you've done in the last two years? <laughs> like I said, keep, keep it simple. The most simple I kept stuff, the most growth I had. So... Uh, and duplicating that because, you know, I could do it probably, my wife can do it and, you know, a couple of team members can do it, but duplicating in thousands of people, uh, it, was, it was magic how you see these people, you know, growing and when you see them go, you know, not going inside while they were doing, but and, and, and like on the outside and looking at them, they doing the same thing you're doing, you're saying, they're using the same system, keep it simple, I don't know, but I'm going to show you this. When you see that and you see that it's working and it's growing and it's growing for people and people are getting their car bonus and they're getting their travels and they're getting this and that and they're getting happy about doing something simple, I think that's one of my biggest, um, 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 you know, assets that I have that I gave them that keep it simple is better. Beautiful. All right. So, what um, you guys are opening Mexico tomorrow? Um, give us a view into your future, Ricardo. What What do you see for yourself 
and network marketing in the next four to five years? What are you building? What are your goals? What's your vision? Like, yeah, and, you know, and any any way you want to describe it. Yeah, and and and, and excuse me, I, I know we have a lot of companies here, but one of my visions, and and this is my vision, not my vision. This is our team vision, is that to have the biggest, the biggest. Latino community in network marketing, and 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 that's the vision I'm putting to them, and that's the vision we started with, and that's the vision we always talk about in every single call. Is that you know we want really passionate, motivated, self-motivated people growing their business right um, in a simple, easy way to have the most biggest network marketing Latino team in the world in the next five years. So um, opening my first country in Spanish, because I built just in the United States and Puerto Rico, and Puerto Rico is part of the United States. So opening the first Latino Spanish-speaking um, 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 country tomorrow, for me, is like a, the biggest um, pleasure that I have or satisfaction of honor to have to, to, to start this, this 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 company right and, and, and this business. So we want to create at least at least a thousand a thousand people making more than a million dollars a year in the next five years. So that's one of our, our goals and I know it's a big huge goal but it's something that we're gonna start promoting, we're gonna start creating and we're gonna start I'm telling everybody out there because we're going to open 150 countries in the next seven years. So that's what we want to do, Richard. Yeah, that's big. Beautiful goal there. That's very inspirational. And that'll keep you working for the next seven years. <laughs> that'll challenge you. Yeah. Well, Ricardo, I know you've got a big, big day ahead of you tomorrow. Your story is absolutely remarkable i i can just i can visualize people telling your story uh all over the world because if somebody can go through what you went through you know you you lose your dream of playing baseball and you lose your contracts and you lose your financial freedom from baseball all because of a volleyball accident and then your dad is killed by drug dealers, and then you go south, you end up in prison, and we're not talking about, you know, one of these Hyatt Hotel prisons in the United States. We're talking about prison in Puerto Rico. And then you get out five and a half years later, and you come to the United States, and you can't even speak English. And... You end up working for Lowe's, and you advance at Lowe's, but they won't let you go to your brother's funeral, and that's what puts you in network marketing. And i got to tell you, Ricardo, from just listening to you, you are an extraordinary student. You are very astute. You, you have paid attention to the people that have taught you how to do this business right, and your execution is remarkable. It is it is very inspiring. Your level of leadership, your astuteness, your your vision, your discipline, your work ethic, and your whole focus on 
leading people in a way that keeps it simple and inspires them. I'm very, very impressed and have huge expectations for you in the next five years. So I wanted to say that, and then I want to uh, give you an opportunity, as I do oftentimes with people I'm interviewing, to turn the tables without notice. You've got to think on your feet and how we're going to end the hero call today is you ask me a question. So how would you like to end this call form of a question to me? If, 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 you, if you lost it all today, if you lost it all today, you don't have nothing right now, and you start from zero, nothing in your bank account, nothing in your pocket, and you start from zero tomorrow, what's the first activity that you're going to do to create that success in the next five years? The f that's a good question. Uh, the first activity, I'll just tell you what, I've never thought about that, but the first thing that comes to mind is I'm going to beg, borrow, or steal access to the Internet, and I'm going to start looking for opportunity. And in looking for opportunity, I'm going to not only look for the opportunity, I'm going to look for a mentor. I'm going to look for a partner. I'm going to look for a sponsor. I'm going to look for somebody that I can reach out to and sell them on my ambition, my commitment, my focus, my work ethic, my leadership. I'm going to sell them on my ability. And all I'm going to ask in return is that they mentor and partner with me. I'm not going to ask for a handout. I'm going to ask for mentorship and partnership. I'm going to ask for coaching. I'm going to ask for them to lock arms with me and teach me how to do whatever they're crushing it with. And I, of course, expect I would be looking for network marketing because there just isn't any other opportunity where, you know, you can get started for no money or very little money, and you can earn while you learn, and you can lock arms with somebody that's making 100000 to a $1 million a year marketing your product in your company, in your comp plan, whatever it is you want to do, there's somebody that will mentor you that's making a hundred grand a year to a million dollars a year or more. And if you sell yourself to that person and you walk your talk, you do what you say you're going to do, and you make the powerful request, like, you know, don't be afraid to call somebody up and say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I bring to the party. These are my commitments. And all I'm asking for is partnership, sponsorship, mentorship, coaching. And if you'll give me that attention, I'll make you millions. Because all I'm going to do is study everything you did to get where you are. And I'm going to duplicate it. And I'm going to, as I get confidence and momentum, I'm going to add my own personality and my own leadership but not until, not until I have momentum, not until I have traction. 
that's what I'd do. I'd find an opportunity that was exciting to me, but more importantly, I'd find somebody that would mentor me. And what I would bring to the party is massive action, commitment, coachability, enthusiasm. You know, I would study. I would work. I would model them. And, and I would make it my vision to have them hold the relationship as the best investment of time they'd ever made. Like have them look back on it five or ten years later and say, my attention, my commitment to that man or that woman was the best investment I ever made. Wow. That's powerful. <laughs> That's what I do. That's super and powerful. Ricardo, let's all take a moment and pray that I never have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> let's do that right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, my friend, my new friend, um, thank you so much for dropping in. You are a treasure, Ricardo, and my great honor to interview you and and get this recording. I'm glad we got this recording at this stage in your career because you might look back and listen to this recording five or six years from now, get a big kick out of it, given given the um, the trajectory that you're on. Yeah, it's an honor to me, Richard. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for thinking about me to be in this call. For me, it's an honor. You know, um, I do follow you from a long time ago. I do have your books, and I recommend it to everybody because they've been a treasure to me. They've been something that I learned from a lot of people, and you are one of them because in network marketing, um, we have to learn from people that have done it before, and that's what I did, and I really appreciate being here. You're welcome, my friend. Hey, good luck, and uh, and congratulations on your launch tomorrow. I'm sure it will be a whirlwind, and you'll be on the phone and nonstop. At, uh, probably double your double your sales. There's, there's got to be tens of thousands of leaders waiting for you down there in Mexico. So congratulations good, right? on that. That's correct. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me here. You're welcome. Hey, everybody, thank you for joining us here at Bliss Business. We'll see you again uh, not next Wednesday, but the Wednesday after. And if you check the fan page, Richard Bliss Brook, it'll uh, announce who our next guest is. Thank you, Ricardo. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Good night. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brook's Network Marketing Heroes podcast. For more invaluable training tools, such as audios, videos, and of course, his best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 With Your Hair on Fire, head to blissbusiness.com. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles.